All righty, and welcome to another edition of Two Hours No Traffic. No, that is not Spence's beautiful face you see next to me. We have a pinch hitter until he's able to pop on in a couple minutes. We're joined by Dalt from 302 Birds. Uh, you can check them out on Twitter at that very same handle. Um, went a little bit viral this week, Dalt. Kind of a good time to pop on the cast. I know our buddy Josh had some some pretty hilarious content. You want to just briefly go over, like, what was the thought process there? Or did he just, like, kind of take the reins and go? Because that was pretty fire. All right. So, first off, thank you for having me on here. It's an honor. Love what you and Spence built here. Great show. Uh, I was listening to it last week, guys. Hit that retweet button. Hit that like button. But here's the logic behind it. So, in the 302 Birds group chat, this is where the real magic happens, Brandon. I send that meme three days ago in there. Like, this is funny as shit. This is why the Sixers are going to the finals this year. Then Josh takes the ball and he runs with it and he does one up, ones me, puts that tweet out, and I got to give the kid credit. It was freaking hilarious. I was dead. <laughs> We're sitting at what three hundred right now and counting. I'm pretty sure. Uh yeah, it's it's almost at three hundred likes. I checked it today when I was at work. It was at two fifty, and I said to Josh, I said, "Holy shit, man! Keep it up. This is awesome." Yeah, I think you're at around 294 when we hopped on the cast. Spence, are you ready to roll? Yeah, I'm, might... I'm here. Uh, nice to meet nice to meet you, 302 Birds or Dalt. Uh, Brandon, <laughs> nice to good to too, see Spence. you. My internet's pretty sh- – thank you, man. My internet's pretty shitty tonight, so if I don't hear you guys or I don't respond, you can blame the weather. Okay, fair enough. Um, we're going to jump right into it because, you know, Dolph's got his own podcast coming out at 9 o'clock. Also live on Twitter, correct? Or you guys yeah. post the next day? Also live on Twitter? So we, unfortunately, with StreamYard, we can only go live on three. So we do Facebook because I share it in the group. So check out our Facebook. The link is in our Twitter bio, though, if you want to check it out on our Twitter. Live on YouTube as well. All right, so that's all coming up at 9. But right now at 820, we, we, can't, we can't escape what this show is really about. Um, <laughs> Ben's coming home tomorrow. He's not going to play. Um, but I want to get I want to get your take on the conspiracy theory that might be true that's going around. Um, this is all a ploy for some lawsuit. So I know originally I, I was like a conspiracy theorist, but what do you think? Am I crazy? Is it going to happen? Um, yeah, here's what I got to say. And uh, Spence, just want to say real quick, thanks for having me on the show, man. Really appreciate it, too. Of but, course. You're always welcome. I already like you already. <laughs> well, thank you. But uh, I heard you're a Nets fan, so I apologize for what I'm about to say, but we got to call him Mr. Softy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to be, if it is a ploy, I just hope that he's dumb enough. I was talking about this with the Philly sports guy on TikTok. He, he has a conspiracy that's saying that somebody from L.A. in the FaZe house I'm like, how the hell do you know all this? But anyway, he has a conspiracy theory that somebody in the FaZe house is going to basically go to the Sixers game in a Simmons jersey and throw a drink at Ben Simmons very close, sit by him, and that's going to be what is the defining moment next season, I guess, when the NBA decides. I don't know. I think it's definitely – I could see it, though, is what I'll say. So you think that the guy from the FaZe house was, like, hired to do this fake hit (laughs) is what you're saying? I think that's a Basically. genius idea. That's some that's some it's ocean. It's an Abe Lincoln shit. situation. 
But the question is, is it going to be a Nets fan? Who's going to throw the drink? Because apparently somebody's throwing a drink tomorrow, he said. So who's it going to be? And is Ben Simmons going to be smart enough to make sure that it's not somebody from Brooklyn who's his homie just putting on a Simmons jersey? Because is any Sixers fan tomorrow really going to wear a Ben Simmons Sixers jersey? That might be a dead giveaway, too. It's true. Did you see um, John Clark, actually? Um, he posted about a Ben Simmons jersey at the game. Uh, was it Friday night? And Josh Reynolds, big um, you know Philly sports media guy, he pitched in and bought the kid a non Simmons jersey. So any yeah, like any Ben Simmons jerseys left are like insider spies for sure. They're 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 put up to it. Spence, where do you land on the whole thing? What what are we gonna see? Some fireworks? I think it would be hilarious uh, if um, if. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. And now we can. Can you hear me, Brandon? I yep. think it would be hilarious if if every time the camera panned to Ben Simmons, like the, the stadium was just quiet. Like no one acknowledged he was there. I think that would be a baller move. Um, no, it's going to be hostile. He's going to have to deal with it. I think – I don't know if you guys heard Durant's press conference. I think he said it best. He's like yeah, – he's getting paid $40 million. He can, he can take a little bit of abuse. You know, I think <laughs> – I think it got to the point in Philadelphia where, where yeah, he, he held out. He he obviously was was tired of – he just – he hated the shit he got after the playoffs. He didn't want to play there anymore. Fine, I get it. But this is different. You're going to have to play in Wells Fargo Arena for the rest of your career as an away team player, as, as an opponent. So, yeah, Durant's like, yo, he's a big boy. He can handle it. Um, but that shouldn't be the storyline, Brandon. The storyline should be – James Harden, former net. I have his fucking jersey in my closet. I want to burn it. But my fiance told me I can't. Uh, it's it's him again and Embiid against Harden's former team, his former teammates and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. It's it's gonna be a showdown. And obviously the Sixers are the favorite. You guys are the better team right now in the past month. Well, since you guys got Harden, you have been the more consistent team than us. But it's gonna be a dog fight on Thursday night. I think you both know. It's not going to be a blowout. I, I just I don't see it being like you guys blow is blowing us out by twenty or thirty. I think you're going to see the Nets give their give their best on Thursday. I think it's going to be a tough game. I I definitely do. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a blowout, and that's not because the Sixers are infinitely better than the Nets or vice versa. It, that we have two guys that can get on a run. I mean, I know that KD and Kyrie are equally as capable, but I mean, you've been you've been in that building and you've seen like this young team. If things start going right, they snowball in the right direction. What worries me is the opposite. If we get off to a slow start and KD gets off to a hot start, I worry about guys like Maxi, Matisse, even George, like starting to press and being like, "Oh, you know, this game means so much." But this game is one big Sixers run away from being a fifteen or twenty point end. I really, I think that. Yeah, I, it's, I, I, I hope it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. I just, I wonder personally, like you said, if 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 Philly can be quiet tomorrow, Spencer, that's going to be legendary. Like, I almost want to go to the game, Brandon, to be yeah. like, I love you, Ben, in the stands. Like, because I don't want him to get 20 million. What were or, you saying though before that? Oh, what? me or Brandon? No, no. Go ahead, Spence. Sorry, I thought Brandon had something to say earlier. No, you're good. I was... They say it would be hilarious if, like, the, the PA announcer was like, and former 76er Ben Simmons, and you just heard crickets. Like, I think I think that would be awesome, but I, I don't think they're going to announce his uh, his return. Yeah. I'll do one even better. I, I, you 
Yeah. Ignore ignore the whole former Ben Simmons thing. Just announce him as Ben Simmons. Like he was never here. He never played in this arena. Like just wipe him from the book. Why are they going to announce? He's not even playing. He's sitting on the bench. Like like he's he's in a suit. Like there's no reason to acknowledge him unless they do some weird you know uh, homage to him, which would be really weird. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't know how you can. What do you put up there? The, oh no! If you if you're gonna do if you're gonna do like a tribute, you have to include the pass. You absolutely need to. So I, I have a question for both you guys. Does Embiid say hi to Ben Simmons? No shot. Yeah, I'm with Brandon. I think that it's like it's like they look at each other, and maybe Ben's looks at him, and he's like, and Embiid just like keep walking because Embiid's that guy. It's like it's like remember that commercial. When we were younger with the Coke can, and I think it's like some little kid comes up and it's like the mean, it's mean Joe Green, I think. And he's like, hey, mean Joe Green, can I have a Coke or something? And he's like, yeah, you can. Like, that's what it reminds me of. Like, little Ben Simmons being like, can I have a hug? Are we friends? And Joe and me just being like. No. No. I mean, I think he's still yeah, bitter because when that. Ben had like his exit interviews, he just ignored Joel and he thanked every other sixer in the locker room except for the big man. So. If you don't think Joel is going to try and dunk all over Ben Simmons, albeit from the bench, you don't know who Joel Embiid is. Um, before we lose, Dalk, I know you got like three minutes left. I want to jump ahead in the show a tad, um, and then we'll we'll work backwards. But Carson Wentz is a commander, albeit for two third-round picks. I mean, is he on his last straw in the NFL at this point? If it doesn't pan out here, what becomes of Carson Wentz? It is honestly sad to see. Um, what I got to say is this. What becomes of Carson Wentz is backup. And he'll be a backup on a team because the team, that's how NFL looks and franchises are. They all have egos. They all look at a player and go, well, maybe the Eagles weren't a good team. Maybe the Colts didn't know what they were doing with him. Maybe we can make him into this guy that we see. And even if a team like Washington, who has him now, screws him up, there's going to always be a team like the Jets, maybe like another team that picks him up as a fallback plan because he was a second overall pick. You can't forget the problem with him is he's a risk taker, but I think he'll pan out in Washington. I mean, long story short, the reason why is he had a four to one touchdown to interception ratio last year. He was not bad last year. He just choked in probably the game that you can't choke in. And that's why the Colts uh, got rid of him. But, I mean, you're right, man. He's on his last straw. If this doesn't pan out here, he's going to be a backup city somewhere. But isn't that the Carson Wentz story? Like, he wasn't statistically awful here. He just let you down every time you relied on him. And, you know, if your wide receiver does it, it's annoying. If your DN does it, you're frustrated. If your quarterback does it, you're guaranteed to lose that game. Like, if he chokes, there's no way to overcome that. So, I mean, that, that's just been the story of his entire career so far, which I'm sure you guys are going to get into in about a half an hour live on the YouTube, or you can check them out on the Facebook page as well. Dahl, thanks for squeezing us in before your show prep, my man. I appreciate it. Hey, I want to thank both you guys for coming on. I'll try to come on another time. Let me know, Brandon, when you guys want me back, but when I have some more time, because this is a ton of fun. I love the vibe here. You guys are building something awesome. And like I said earlier, guys, hit that retweet button. Hit that like button for both these gentlemen. Thank you guys for having me on. Catch you later, buddy. Thanks. See bye. you guys. See you, Spence. All right, you, you're coming in a tad clearer now. Did the wind yeah, stop? Dude, I don't know.
No, I don't know what it is. But the second I hopped on, I was on at 8.16. The internet forced me to wait until like 8.20, 8.19. I, I missed three to four valuable minutes of uh, of banter. But what, what did I – he was a nice guy. I liked him a lot. Um, shout out 302 Birds. Shout out Dalt. Correct? Yeah, I'll have to send you the um, – what, what triggered my memory about bringing them on is they had a phenomenal tweet about Joel Embiid, which I'm going to send you right now. Um, so you can get a look at it. Um, it it was spectacular. Yeah. Was there anything else we wanted to add to that net sixer matchup? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the nets, uh, received James Harden. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about that stuff for sure. Like I love talking about the soap opera that is the NBA. Um, I also mean, there's a lot of like, the meat and potatoes. There's a lot of on-the-court stuff about this game that I'm – I mean, I think people are really interested to see. Um, for one, in the history of pretty much, of net Sixers, I mean, you know, Joel's kind of been able to have his way um, because of your general center position. You guys have a decent center now. I mean, Andre Drummond played with Joel. I mean, he's a, definitely a more formidable center, so that's going to be fun to watch. Um, both teams have, you know, an exciting point guard, albeit Kyrie is an all pro kind of guy and Tyrese Maxey's coming up. But I mean, we have, we have our choice of topics as far as on the court goes. Kyrie is coming off a 50 burger. I think he's going to be dialed in. He wants to prove to James Harden that he's just as good as he is. I think those two without saying it out loud, had sort of a, a friendly competition over who was, who was the second in command to Kevin Durant. Um, I think at times during his tenure, it was Kyrie. And at times during his tenure, it was Harden. But it's going to be interesting to see those two match up against each other. Um, some guys for the Nets who have been playing good lately that aren't the stars. Bruce Brown. Since the James Harden trade, Bruce Brown has really emerged. I think he's averaging like 14 points in the last 10, 15 games on, on 47% shooting uh, from the three-point line. Um, he's been really, really good for the Nets. Uh, Andre Drummond has given the Nets good minutes. Seth Curry, Patty Mills has sort of found his stroke these last few games. He's back to hitting two to three threes a game, which is nice. Patty was really cold for a few weeks. Um, and you're probably going to see Nick Claxton in this one. No, LaMarcus Aldridge, he's out. I don't think they're going to recall Dayron Sharp. Blake Griffin has essentially slipped out of the rotation. And did you see he, uh, he responded to Javon Carter's tweet? Did you see that or Instagram? You there? Hello? Are you good? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, it just went dark for a second. We're, we're, right, just jump back into where you're at. We're good. Javon Carter posted an Instagram uh, about hooping. He's like, love to hoop after a Bucks game. And Blake Griffin said, must be nice. Or like, or like tell <laughs> me what it's like. That was essentially his response. So. He's out of the rotation, but no, the, the, the Nets are coming off a much-needed win against the Hornets the other night. Um, got a little bit of momentum riding into this one. Uh, talk to me about on the Sixers side of things, what you're looking forward to most. I mean, the James Harden experience has been just about what I hoped. Um, you know, you look at his numbers, and they're not, they're not drastically different than what you were getting in Brooklyn, but – I didn't expect him to come here and give me 28, 29, and nine necessarily. That's not what winning this trade was, in my opinion. The fact that he is consistently 
giving me 22 to 25 with 13 or 14 assists per game. When you have a team that has shooters like Niang, you have cut, um, you know, cutting guys like Maxi and Matisse, obviously Joel in the paint. I just wanted Harden to free up everybody to have one-on-ones, open shots, looks at the rim, and it has been that in spades. The Sixers have yet to be held under 120 points when James Harden plays, um, which is going to be a dangerous thing. Especially we're a good defensive team. Um, if you watch the Bulls game, you wouldn't think so, but uh, it's talent-wise, they absolutely are. George Niang is somebody I want to talk about, though, for a couple minutes. He is yeah, slowly becoming an all-time Sixers role player. Um, nothing, No hesitation whatsoever, covered in the corner, up on the top. I mean, that ball's in his hands and out under 30 seconds, and it's going in at, like, a J.J. Redick-esque clip when he was in Philly. Um, like we haven't had a shooter like that since J.J. left, so he has been invaluable. Um, but I want to pose a question that kind of both of our teams are dealing with a little bit, and it's clear, clear number one, clear number two. Number three is kind of a revolving door for us both. Some days for me it's Tobias, some days it's George, other than most days it's Tyrese. Um, but no one's really taken hold of that third spot where both of those guys are getting doubled or focused on who's going to score. Um, and I know you guys are kind of in the same boat. Is it Bruce Brown? Is it Seth? Is it um, Patty Mills? Like, you know, who's kind of rising the occasion in Brooklyn? I would say it's Seth Curry right now. Um, he has been the most consistent scorer outside of Kyrie and Kevin Durant since he's arrived. Bruce Brown is great, but you can't really count on Bruce Brown to get you a bucket. Bruce Brown plays the Andre Iguodala role. He does all the little things necessary. He makes plays for his teammates. He's a hustle guy. He finishes around the rim. He'll hit the open three. But Bruce Brown isn't a, isn't a bucket. He's not going to go get you a, a basket when you need it. Seth Curry's that guy. Seth Curry's more capable than Patty Mills. He's more consistent than any other net not named Kevin Durant or, or Kyrie Irving. So for us, it is Seth Curry. That could change. It could become Ben Simmons when he eventually plays in the next few weeks. Um, but right now, yeah, that's our guy. Who's, who's your three? I guess it's Max. I still think even when Ben comes back, your next, your, your biggest offensive threat is still Seth Curry. Ben's a great playmaker, but he's not a bucket. Like Seth Curry can get you a bucket yeah, when you need it. I, I understand what you mean. I, I get that. I just, for us, it's definitely Tyrese Maxey. He's the third star. Um, I know Toby's on like a $180 million deal, which we're not going to talk about, but um he can't find his way in this offense whatsoever he's a ball dominant forward which is really inconvenient and Harden's a ball dominant guard and Joel's a ball dominant center so those three worlds don't exist together but Tyrese Maxey has taken whatever coaching James Harden has given him and just elevated the game to another level um he's slashing to the rim aggressively he's shooting well over 40 percent from three since James Harden's come to town I'm, I'm attributing that to him being open um, but he is another guy who's consistently giving you 2022. I mean, the Sixers big three, if you count them as your big three, they're giving you 75 to 85 points per night, which is really what you expect out of a top three team. I get that. This will be your biggest test yet playing us, right? I mean, you what three and one since you got Harden? Yeah. Well, we're undefeated with Harden in the lineup. The only game we lost right. was Miami and he was out. And you guys got beat by like 30, 40 in that game. Yeah, the offense is just built around Harden. Also, it was the back end of a back-to-back after playing Cleveland, which is an excuse, but it was not an ideal scenario. Totally, I totally get that. Um, We're playing you guys on the back end of a back-to-back, aren't we? 
Well, no, because did you do you play tonight? I thought you guys play tonight, don't we you? Definitely don't play tonight. We played yesterday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I'm I'm excited, man. It's gonna be a fun matchup. These two teams don't like each other. There's a lot of hoopla drama surrounding this game. Um, and I'm just I'm just ready. I just want to get it over with, man. Like March 10th has been circled on both our calendars for a while. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, let's 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 do it. Let's go. Let's go to war with with each other. That's a I bad. Only- I probably shouldn't use the, the war <laughs> analogy right now. I think the only two dudes on both teams that genuinely like each other is like Katie and Joel have been having like this media love fest for the last week, which doesn't bother me, but it's a weird tone when the entire well, team hates each other. It, it's very strategic, Brandon. If you and I are going into a fight or anything, there's two ways to approach it. You either talk shit, which I personally don't like because there's a limit to that. Like you just keep going. I'm a fuck you up. I'm a fuck you up. I'll fuck you. And there's whatever. Or gas the person up like Kevin Durant did on his podcast. And then when you beat him, you're just like, yeah, I said all that nice shit. And then I still beat him. Um, If you listen to what Kyrie Irving says in his press conferences about James Harden, he speaks. He's like, I love James. I I think James is a great guy. Great player, you know, made a decision, whatever. Like Kyrie does not say a bad word. He said, he's like, I wish there could have been more communication between the two of us, which is essentially putting the onus on him. If I say, hey, I wish there would have been more communication after we broke up, you know, and 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 the reason that we broke up was because of me, then I'm saying, hey, that's a little bit my fault. So I, I think Kyrie and, and Durant have handled it perfectly. I mean, let's not forget the last time these two teams played, Embiid told the, the Nets to get the fuck off the court and go home, but that was only because Durant said that to Embiid the first time. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm all for, like, I think it's a healthy rivalry. I think those two realize they're both top five players in the NBA. So, like, there's a certain, like, camaraderie there. Like, you can't shit on the top five guys because you know they're, they're, they're like that. But it's it was I just thought it was a bit of a weird tone. Um, but, I mean, we're 22 minutes in on Sixers Nets. You and I could do an hour and 22 minutes. But the people at home want to talk about football because there's finally something football to talk about. Um it's not Philadelphia. It's not necessarily, I mean, it's a little bit of Philadelphia, I guess, and sure as shit, not New York. But I mean, Russell West, Russell Wilson, guy, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, the Denver. Um, I don't think this was a good trade for anybody involved. I don't think Russell Wilson is worth the King's ransom that they got. I am glad the Eagles didn't cave and give it to him. Um, I know the Giants were briefly in the mix for either he or Rodgers. I mean, are you happy with not getting them? I'm happy for not giving up the farm for Wilson because the, and I like Wilson. I'm a Wilson guy. The giants weren't a Russell Wilson away from being a contender. They're just not it, it, why he would want to downgrade and, and go to New York um, with, with a bunch of receivers who aren't really proven, you know, I think they might try to restructure, resign Sterling Shepard, but you, you have uh what's the guy they got Kenny Galladay who did nothing this year. Uh, he was in and out of the lineup. Kadarius Tony looks good, but he's still young. Um, Evan Engram, what are you going to do with him? Saquon Barkley, what is he? What is this offensive line? Too many question marks for, for Russell Wilson to even want to consider playing for the Giants. And to give up the farm for him just wouldn't have made sense. Um, as far as – it? Uh, it was two firsts, two seconds, and a third or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was a fuck ton of picks. As far as Aaron Rodgers goes, if you're able to get Aaron Rodgers, I don't care if you're the worst team in the NFL, you you trade your entire team to get that man. 
Um, he is he is one of the best quarterbacks in the last 25 years, and there's no reason not to trade the farm for Aaron Rodgers. But I, I was more surprised about the Wilson thing. I knew that he had kind of had his his issues with Pete Carroll, with the Seahawks, with the way that they ran their offense. Um, I think it was just time for a change of scenery for him, I guess. And, you know, <laughs> to choose Denver, the hardest division in football, got to go up against Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Justin Herbert. I, I mean, good luck. Look, I, I, I think that the, the Broncos have some weapons on offense. I like a lot of their playmakers. Uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Uh, is over there. You did give up Noah Fant, but but you still have a few guys on that team. Uh, a decent O line, um, but I don't think that the Broncos were a Russell Wilson away from winning the Super Bowl. So I don't think they're weird. Russell Wilson away from making the playoffs in that division. I mean, I still yeah. think. I, I, yeah, you got to think of who they got to get through. I mean, if, if if the Chargers get out of their own way, I think they're more talented. Obviously, KC is. Um, and the Raiders, for whatever the reason, play really well within the division. So, I mean, if he wanted to make it hard on himself, he did. But I think that is, that's got to be the toughest division in football quarterback-wise. I mean, Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in that division. You think Sierra is pumped about moving to Denver? No, fuck no. I mean, to be fair, Seattle's not a dream destination either. But, I mean, Denver is rough for like what 10 months a year but then they get two months it's like sun i read something I or heard something that basically said wilson wanted to stay on the west coast which kind of eliminates a lot took, of different teams he took a different approach because i don't know if you look at the map recently but colorado is in fact not on the west coast no i i don't mean that he just wanted to stay west i'm sorry i didn't mean to say the coast um yeah, that was interesting. And now, you know, you, you I'm not going to talk about Wentz because because you and you and Dalt covered that. But uh, now you have a lot of interesting situations, right? You still have Deshaun Watson out there pending his legal case. What's going to happen with him? Who's going to want him? I, I doubt he returns to the Texans. So will a team like Carolina take a chance on him? Who's had quarterback trouble? Um, and then you have Jimmy Garoppolo, the situation with him in San Francisco. Um, and, 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 and then of course, for some reason, the giants, Brian Dable and, and, uh, Joe Shane, they want Mitch Trubisky. They want Trubisky in New York to compete with Daniel Jones. I think Trubisky's price just went up because of all the different moves that have been happening, but a, a lot of things going on in the NFL, you got to play close attention or you're going to miss something. I mean, honestly, of the quarterbacks that could be moved this off season, Mitch Trubisky at the bottom of my list. He, in, from, in my opinion, he's below Gardner Minshew, who will not be an Eagle come this, the beginning of the season. Um, why do you say that? The, why, why are you so down on Trubisky? My eyes. I mean, the, and watching him in Chicago, granted that offensive system is dog shit no matter who runs it. So maybe he was set up to fail. Um, but I mean, he just has some of the worst decision-making you've ever seen out of a quarterback. And the issue with Daniel Jones half the time is his decision-making. So you're replacing one evil with the same. Like, if you're going to bring somebody in to compete, bring somebody in who's like who's like Jimmy G, who is just a game manager. Well, I'll say this. Trubisky was horrible in Chicago, sure. He was a rookie. He had the, the weight of the world on his shoulders. He was the number two pick. But quarterbacks who fail in the first few years of their career tend to usually get a second opportunity, Right the Blaine Gabberts of the world. I, I know he's bounced around as a backup. Um, 
I can't. Think Ryan of Tannehill is the golden star of that of that logic. It's, it's Ryan Tannehill. Thank you, Ryan Tannehill. That's exactly who I was thinking about. Um, but my point is, you know, there is such thing as uh, this isn't the right fit, and Trubisky in Chicago is never the right fit. He goes to Buffalo. He plays under Josh Allen for a year or two. He gets that offense. He works with Dable, uh, who is the offensive coordinator for the Bills. And then now, you know, Dable's in New York. He knows Trubisky. He doesn't know Jones. The two, you know, they're two quarterbacks that are athletic that can use their feet. Um, why not give him a shot? Look, it'd be stupid to bring someone like a Jimmy Garoppolo to New York, right? You don't want a quarterback who's mediocre or above average to steal Daniel Jones's job because then you have to play this game. Well, are we going to go with Jimmy G the next few years? No. You want a quarterback that's average like Mitch Trubisky who can surprise you but who's also not going to fucking run away with the job for the next 10, five to seven years and give you some false hope because your quarterback doesn't stink. I mean, but at that, if you do that with that line of logic, then you're bringing in somebody that you're confident is going to fail for a guy that, I I mean, you are the captain. I didn't say confident. I said, you'd be surprised if he's successful. Now you have to give Daniel Jones the, the choice. So you're bringing in a Daniel Jones, a Jace guy, essentially. But you're the captain of the SS fuck Daniel Jones. Like, why do you want to keep giving him chances? I don't want to give him chances. I just think that's the route the Giants are going in. If it were up to me, I would I would go get Mike Glennon again and just let Daniel Jones play out the year. Make him start every single game, whether he's playing well, whether he's playing bad. But look, this is this is the strategy they want to use, right? They want to get someone like a Trubisky who can who can push Daniel Jones. Like I honestly think if you get Jimmy Garoppolo, he beats out Daniel Jones for the job. But that's such a weird line of thinking. Like you don't, you you don't want to upgrade a quarterback. You want to get the same guy twice. And then next year, I want to draft somebody. That, that, that's such an odd thought. I mean, I guess if you're trying to avoid the the next bowl scenario where your backup eclipses the starter, but I mean, you got to figure outside of him. And God, there was one other backup to ever in the history of football win a Super Bowl. I mean, it, it's lightning in a bottle. It's not going to happen to you. That's yeah. I don't think the Giants are going to make the playoffs this next year. Yeah. So no matter what happens at quarterback, you guys are still going to be able to go. Like we made the playoffs with Jalen Hurts. It wouldn't. It'd still be plausible if we went and drafted a quarterback. Like if you have a decent season, people aren't going to hop on the Daniel Jones train forever. I don't think. I assume you guys are smarter than that. Who is the Saints starting quarterback? At this point, was it Jameis Winston? No, I don't think he's there anymore. It would be Taysom Taysom Hill. Hill. Yeah, but my point is this. When Drew Brees was out, the Saints went the Jameis Winston route, and look where it got them. They also had Taysom Hill. But my, my point is, like, after Drew Brees, I don't want Jameis Winston. I want a shit quarterback. I want a tank. And then I want a young guy. Like what the chargers did was perfect. The chargers rivers exits. You bring in Tyrod Taylor and draft Justin Herbert. That's what I want. I want the Tyrod Taylor Baker Mayfield situation with the giants. Daniel Jones is like a slightly better version of Tyrod Taylor already. So there's not really a player you can bring in. It just, the whole thing's fucked. I'm done with Daniel Jones, but the giants are going to give him another shot. 
I don't really understand where my logic is. I, I just want to start <laughs> over. I want a young quarterback next year. So fucking tank the season if you're uh, Dable and Joe Shane. I'd be a okay with you guys tanking. Um, and I'm also I'm thinking about I think the Eagles might uh might poach a former Dallas Cowboy. Um, it sounds Mark to me Cooper. like a like Amari Cooper is going to be out there. And look, I know that the Marco Murray experiment went down legendarily horrible. That being said, I'd do it again. I mean, Amari Cooper is, he's not a running back. He's not, he has another miles on him that DeMarco Murray had. And I, fuck it. I'm ready to be hurt again. Give me a number one wide receiver opposite of, um, oh God, I'm blanking. Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. Yeah. You- yeah. I mean, Quez walking is a decent three, but like if this season starts and I don't have one of these three guys in an Eagles uniform, I'm going to be unbearable as a fan. I need either Jordan Hicks, Allen Robinson, or Amari Cooper in Midnight Green come the fall, or else this has been a massive failure of a free agent class. I guess so. I mean, I don't know if like receiver is a position that you guys desperately need, um, but sure. Yeah. yeah if, Who's that number two? Want- I mean, at. Like, I mean, we don't have a number two. Rager is broken. Quez Watkins came along, but I mean, and I love Devontae Smith. I think he's a stud, but he's tiny. Like, he's a little dude. I mean, you know, I, I would like someone like, you know, like well, Cooper Cooper's or. Small too, no? He's, yeah, but he's way more muscular and like he's a way better um, jump ball guy than Devontae is. Or Allen Robinson like at that un- point. I'd like to understand why the Cowboys decided he was worth cutting. There's been some. There's been a lot of guys that have been cut for no reason. I mean, Jordan Hicks was a Pro Bowler. He got cut. Mark Cooper, perennial Pro Bowler, cut. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess we're used to in the NBA where you hold on to veterans until their legs are falling off. But in the NFL, your shelf life is short. Um, we touched on Aaron Rodgers a bit. I mean, are you surprised he stayed? For that amount of money, no. All he ever wanted was for Green Bay to pay him like the god that he is, and they did. I just feel bad for Bears, Vikings, and Lions fans. They had such hope. I mean, um, I feel bad for Jordan Love, too. That man is going to be getting real cozy on the bench for the next four seasons. Because he's going to play out this contract. He had his shot. He had his moments. He, he could have performed, and he didn't. You know, Matt Flynn turned, like, one game, you know, 15 years True. ago into a gajillion-dollar contract. Jordan Love had his shot, and he blew it. And he'll probably get another shot, whether it's with the Packers or another team. But look, the NFL, there's only 16, 17 games a season. You cannot blow the one t- the one chance you get to perform. Um, I, is there is there that's it for for big NFL news? I mean, we can talk about the Calvin Ridley story if you want. Yeah, we can we can close out on that one. We're coming up around thirty five. We can do a quick fiver on the on Calvin Ridley. Um, I'm interested to see where you fall because it's kind of a polarizing topic. I, for one, think it's stupid. Um, I agree. You know, there's got to be a penalty for sure. But a full season, I think that's a little hypocritical for a league that's commercial breaks are brought to you by eight different sports books. I, yeah, this is a tough one for me. I hate – look, players should not be able to bet on their own sport. They just shouldn't. Right, it, it jeopardizes the integrity of the game. Calvin Ridley could have certain information that that gives him an upper hand in gambling. Um, and by the way, the the fucking DraftKings and Fanduels they have algorithms to determine who's placing the bets, and he placed it under his name, which is really fucking stupid. But um, 
the one thing I'll say is, and this is the hypocrisy of it, and you're right, the NFL is making billions of dollars from this shit. They're partnered with FanDuel and DraftKings and every every gambling uh, app under the under the the fucking sea. But NFL players can play fantasy football, no problem. Yep. How how is that different? I understand. Yeah. It's not, it's not through a gambling uh, platform, but like I don't know if if you're fucking you know a running back or so. Like I don't know. There's just there's ways that players can throw the game. As, as much on f- doing fantasy as doing gambling. So I, I think that's hypocritical. And I think we're all kidding ourselves. If we, if, if you and I say right now that Calvin Ridley is the only NFL player sports betting, he's stupid enough to do it on his own name. But there is hundreds, possibly thousands, of professional athletes that gamble. On their own. You get sport. a cousin. Yeah, you get a cousin. You get anybody else. But, I mean, you're telling me everyone else on the planet is sports gambling, and these guys on their free time, if they're no, hurt, I, they're not doing it? There's no way. I, I agree with you. He just I, got I, caught. He just got caught. Um, it also makes it weird that he wasn't playing. Like, in the fact yeah. that he just – But the funny thing is, if he really wanted to just retire from the NFL and start a gambling career, like, I, I think you can make a whole brand persona off that. Like, the guy who gave up football to gamble for a living. Yeah, dude, he gets Pete Rose on as VP, and oh, hell yeah, they run up the charts. Yeah. Fucking Tim Donahue's the the chief financial officer. Of the company. <laughs> I would do it. Just call it like Scumbag Sports or something like that, and scumbag you know, I'm sure Barstool would pick him up. Hell yeah! I hope to make some calls. I'll call Pete's yeah. people. That's that's another team right there. Like I know we're we're, we're kind of bullshitting about the NFL, but Atlanta, man, they are fucking lost. Like they are lost. I mean, Matt Ryan. You know, like he's, he's up there. What's he's left for you here? What's left? They, 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 got, go go they got to go yeah. quarterback. Although uh, this is even the draft. I don't, I don't think any quarterback in this draft is that good. I mean, uh, we're hyped about a guy Kenny out of like what is. Liberty or some shit. Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis are the two names uh, that that people think are going to be taken in the first twenty picks. The Steelers need a quarterback. Um, they might draft one of those we'll guys, and then. Washington was in the market for a quarterback, but now I don't think so. Unless, unless they do want to draft somebody and 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 uh, groom him under once. They might be using that exact same thought process that you just went through. Carson Wentz might be that kind of quarterback now, where you bring him in to steady the ship for a year or two. Washington's not a Carson Wentz away from being a great team. Exactly, so they might still I mean, take a chance. The the Colts had the perfect team. And Carson Wentz couldn't take him take him over the hump. Um, he made him arguably worse than the ghost of Philip Rivers. I think the best part of the whole uh, – oh, by the way, that whole Colts thing is crazy. The fact that they've had five or six different quarterbacks in the last – since Andrew Luck. I think they've had four or five different guys. No Rivers, quarterback has played two seasons consecutively, I think. Yeah, yeah that's accurate. Yeah. Um, the, the funniest part about the whole Ridley story was the fact that he kept tweeting about it. But in like one sentence tweets, I know. Like it wasn't like a thread or anything; it was just sporadic. Very funny. Um, all right, I'm I'm tapped out. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much running dry. We had a good run. I mean, you know, pretty much an effortless forty here. So gave the people I an extra little you, bit of content. Next, next week, I will do the episode in the other room because I think it says better Wi-Fi. This room, if I'm not hooked up to the Ethernet cable, the Wi-Fi in here fucking sucks. So I apologize to the audience. Uh, for my buffoonery, um, your tomfoolery, uh, my tomfoolery. <laughs> uh, before we finish the pod, do you want to place a bet on Thursday? 
What are we betting? Okay. Oh God. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. What what can we bet? Uh, let's bet. Let's bet. All right. Twenty dollars. All right. I like it. Deal. We'll Venmo each other. Uh, Chris twenty money line. Yeah, yeah, money line. Yeah, I won't. I think the Nets are like a four point underdog without even looking, but that's fine. Yeah, twenty dollars. All right. Whoever wins the game, spit on my hand. There you go. The old spit shake. <laughs> The old virtual spit shake. Better than a blood oath. Oh, God. All right, Brandon, you want to fit? You, you opened it up. Why don't you close it out? All right, that wraps it up this week for two hours. No traffic with a splash of 302 birds. Catch y'all later. <laughs>